to what we're thinking about is the idea that love and do sometimes are similar words as we live them out, right? That, that we're not called just to, to love mercy and to do justice, but that we're called also as we walk humbly through our world to, to love uh, excuse me, to do mercy and to love justice. And this morning we're going to talk about loving justice. So I'm excited to invite my friend Nugget uh, to come up. Uh, what's up, Nugget? Uh, that is like the coolest name, by the way. I'm going to call my mom this afternoon and say, hey, mom, uh, why didn't you name me Nugget? So uh, thank you for inspiring a future conversation with my mom. Uh, so Nugget's going to share a scripture with us. It's from Isaiah chapter 58, the first through the 12th verses, not the 14th as it says up there, but the first through the 12th verses. So if you brought a Bible with you this morning, I invite you to pull that out right now. Uh, if you didn't bring a Bible with you, there are a bunch right there in the back of the room. Uh, feel free to hop up and grab one. And if you don't have a Bible at home that you can read or understand, that's our gift to you. We would love for you to have that and to take take that home. Uh, and it's also going to be on the screen behind us. So uh, Nugget's going to read this for us. Nugget, it would be cool if I prayed for us before you read. Yeah. Is that cool? Yeah. All right, let's pray together. God of grace, we thank you so much for this morning, for the opportunity to gather together, for the opportunity to sing your praises. So God, as we are here, we're praying, God, that you're here too. And that in these moments ahead, as we reflect on your word and on our lives, that God, you might be speaking to us that we might be listening for you, and that you might be making us more and more like you with every breath we take. We pray this in the sure and precious name of your Son, Jesus. Amen. Shout, a full-throated shout. Hold nothing back, a trumpet blast shout. Tell my people what's wrong with their lives. Face my family Jacob with their sins. They're busy, busy, busy at work at worships and love studying all about me. To all appearances, they're a nation of right-living people, law-abiding, God-honoring. They ask me, what's, what's the right thing to do? And love having me on their side. But they also complain, why do we fast and you don't look our way? Why do we humble ourselves and you don't even notice? Well, here's why. The bottom line on your fast days is profit. You drive your employees much too hard you fast, but at the same time you bicker and fight. You fast, but you swing a mean fist. The kind of fasting you do won't get your prayers off the ground. Do you think this is the kind of fast day I'm after? A day to show off humility, to put on a pious long face, and parade around solemnly in, the, in black? Do you call that fasting? A fast day that I, God, would like this is the kind of fast day I'm after, to break the chains of justice. Get rid of exploitation in the workplace. Free the oppressed and cancel debts. What I'm interested in seeing you do is sharing your food with the hungry, inviting the homeless poor into, into your homes, putting clothes on the shivering ill-clad, being available to your own families. Do this and the lights will turn on and your lives will turn around at once. Your righteousness will pave your way. The God of glory will secure your passage. Then when you pray, God will answer. You'll call out for help, and I'll say, here I am. If you get rid of unfair practices, quit blaming victims, quit gossiping about, their pe about other people's sins. If you are generous with the hungry and start giving yourself to the down and out, your lives will begin to glow in the darkness. 
Your shadowed lives will be bathed in sunlight. I will always show you where to go. I'll give you a full life in the emptiest of places. Firm muscles, strong bones. You'll be like a well-watered garden, a gurgling spring that never runs dry. You'll use the old rubble of past lives to build anew. Rebuild the foundations form out from out of the past, from out of your past. You'll be known as those who can fix anything. Restore old ruins, rebuild and renovate. Make the country, make the community livable again. Amen. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let's give Nugget a hand, man. It's like a straight-up endurance race. You're my man, Nugget. Uh, so this morning, love, justice. Two words in that phrase, love, justice. The first word is love. So uh, this morning, my wife is wearing a shirt that says love on it. And as you might assume, I love my wife, right? Is anybody, anybody else in here love your spouse or your significant other? Oh, yeah, look at all these lovers. It's Valentine's Day weekend. Oh, Love is in the air. So I want to invite Kelly to come up here really quick. Um, we're going to stand up here just so everybody can see us. Um, so I love my wife, right? So ask me how I'm doing with love if I do this. I love you. I love you too. <laughs> Am I supposed to ask you? No, just stand there. I'm just going to look at you for like an awkwardly long time. Okay, you can sit down. Um, so how, how are we doing there? Was that good? Was that like the best ever? I felt like, like, I, I felt like the day I married her just then. You could tell by my face, right? Like, if we just say, okay, I love you, and then we just stare somebody down, right? Like Lisa said, like, I love you. Right? Like, that's, that's creepy, right? It's a little weird. Lisa's kind of like, do I need to call the police or something like that, right? Like, like, loving is a word that we use often, right? We might say, I love Cheetos, or I love, uh, like, I love a football team called the Atlanta Falcons, and that's working out super well this week. Yay! We use the word a lot. But when we say that word, I wonder if we know what it really means. Because when we love, I don't think love is just about saying something. I think it's about showing something. It's about living something. And so a lot of times we say love about a person. Maybe we say love about like a, a team or, or like an object or a food or something like that. But, but saying love about an idea is a funky thing. So this morning we're talking about love and then we're talking about justice. Justice. So when I th hear the word justice, I think about a cartoon that used to be on. It might still be on. It's called the Justice League. Anybody familiar with the Justice League? Okay, a few of you are the coolest people in the room. Good job. Congratulations. So it's like superheroes, right? And they come like when somebody's hurt or somebody's down, they come to save the day, right? The other thing I think about with justice is uh, like, do you ever watch those like courtroom shows that are on during the daytime? I usually like if I have a sick day, I'm putting on like Judge Judy, uh, Judge Mathis, the People's Court, right? All that sort of thing, right? Anybody else with me on that? Like, um, yeah, yeah. So so justice, right, sometimes we think of it like a, like a cartoon. Other times we think about justice like it's something that we watch on TV. 
But this morning, what I want to share with you, what I think we see in the book of Isaiah, and what I think we're going to find later in the Gospels, is that love and justice aren't these like two really separate ideas that stand apart from each other. And they're not just like things that we think about in our head and like, oh yeah, that sounds really cool. I think love and justice, love justice, is something that God invites us as God's disciples to live day in and day out. In every moment of every day to be a part of the air that we breathe and the fabric of our being. So I, I had this example I wanted to share with you about a bicycle and it was really weird and out there. And then uh, earlier this week I saw an ad. Uh, it's an ad for Nike. So this isn't product placement. I'm not wearing Nike shoes, I promise. Uh, but I want you to check out this video real quick and learn a little bit about what this might look like. So here's what I want you to know about that, about that commercial. Notice that in the commercial, they don't stop playing the game. Right? You've got, you've got a basketball court, you've got a soccer player, you've got tennis, you've got track and field, right? It's not that, that the athletes stop playing the game. It's that they make the playing field bigger. It's not that they stop playing the game. It's that they make the playing field bigger. What I think God invites us to do, what we hear in this book of Isaiah, and what we see unfolding in the world around us day in and day out, it's not that God is asking us to reject like our faith in God or to stop believing in God or, any, or to love God less or anything like that. God is inviting us to participate in the playing field of life. And on that playing field, what God is asking us to do as followers of Jesus is to draw the boundaries wider to make the playing field bigger, and to invite people to participate in God's ever-loving kingdom of grace. Here's what I think that means. So in the book of Isaiah, you heard Nugget read this, right? That, that the whole 
piece is centered around, Isaiah's talking about this thing called a fast day. A fast day. I think about a fast day and I think like I'm not that fast. Uh, I, I think about a fast day and I think about the kind of idea of fasting. Anybody ever fasted before? Guess how good I am at that. Um, poor. So, so fast day is a, is a, a word that is used for a, a more churchy word called Sabbath. All right, so in this book of Isaiah, having the Sabbath was this really important thing. It's this rule, and it's this, this idea that people were really big on, like you had to keep the Sabbath, which means you don't work, you don't, you don't go out and plow the fields, you don't do any active kind of labor, you just you hang out and you chill with God, right? And so people are really obsessed, and they're like, oh, we got to get this right, we got to get this right, we got to get this right. And what, what Isaiah comes in and says is like, hey, <laughs> you know how you're so concerned about getting this right? Like, put that on the back seat for a second. Because the kind of fast day, the kind of Sabbath that God is asking for is the kind of Sabbath where chains are broken down, where the oppressed are freed, where the hungry are fed, where the thirsty are given water to drink, where the naked are clothed. Like, that's the kind of fast day that God desires. Do you see what, what's happening in Isaiah? Isaiah's not saying, throw that away. He's not saying, like, get rid of the, the, the whole concept. He's saying, when you're doing that, do this alongside it. Later in the Gospels, Jesus will be talking, and at one point Jesus will say this line, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Can anybody finish that? Nobody comes to the Father except through me. He says that. And then a little bit later in the Gospels, he'll say that he'll be seated upon the throne in eternity. And he'll be separating people into the sheep on his right hands and the goats on his left. And he'll say that, that the sheep, he'll, he'll look to and say, you've inherited God's kingdom. You've inherited the kingdom of God because I was hungry and you fed me. Because I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. Because I was a prisoner and you visited me. Because I was naked and you clothed me. You see, Jesus is saying at the same time, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, right? And I was hungry and you fed me. I was naked and you clothed me. It's not that these two are in competition with each other. You see, sometimes maybe you get like me. I get into these places in life where, where sometimes I feel like, okay, I've got to do one of these really, really well. So maybe this is like the, the love side, right, or the, the piety side. So I'm going to keep it holy, right? I'm going to read my Bible. I'm going to pray. I'm going to do it upright, like do all those things that holy people are supposed to do, 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 do and play like a little flute song while I do it. And I, I think that's really good. And then other times, I've got to run over here because I've got to do the, the stuff that helps other people out. Right, I gotta, I gotta get like, I gotta help at the food bank. I gotta, I gotta uh, go down to the clothing closet and do some stuff. I gotta come participate in the homeless ministry. Like, I gotta do all this stuff, and then I gotta run back. Over. Wait, wait, wait. I gotta, I gotta read. I gotta pray. I gotta do all this stuff, and then oh, I gotta run back over here. Do you see how exhausting that would be? Do you see how exhausting it would be to try to run between two ideas, trying to to do these two things as if they were separate? You see, what Isaiah is telling us, what Jesus is telling us, is that love and justice aren't these two things that are these massive poles apart from each other. They're meant to live together. We are meant to live together. And that's why Isaiah closes this passage, in my mind at least, why he says, do this and the lights will turn on your lives will turn around 
at once. He says this, if you are generous with the hungry and start giving yourselves to the down and out, your lives will begin to glow in the darkness. Your shadowed lives will be bathed in sunlight. My friends, I don't know. Some of, some of y'all live in Roanoke. Some of you live here in the New River Valley. Some of you might live somewhere else. It's really darn easy to look around and see the dark places. It's really easy to look and say, well, well, gosh, this isn't going that well. And God's invitation to you and to me isn't to dwell on the darkness. It's to shine the light. It's not to stay in the low places. It's to ascend to the high places. But the way that works is <laughs> those are two wheels that spin together. It's not that you do one of these things really well and kind of put the other one and brush it off to the side. It's that we live in harmony together. That we receive God's call to love, to, to show mercy, and that then we live that with every moment of every day. You know, we do this because it's how Jesus did it for us too. And because countless lives have demonstrated what can happen and how much impact can take place when we live this out. I want to tell you about somebody you might not have met before. If my I think my clicker's dead. Can you guys move ahead to the next slide? There she is. So you may not have met this woman before. This is Dorothy Stang. Dorothy Stang. So Dorothy Stang was a Catholic nun. Uh, so Catholic nuns, anybody know much about nuns? Anybody in the nunnery? Uh, so Catholic nuns give their lives... To, to God, to following God, to teaching about God, to, to living for God. So Dorothy Sting became a Catholic nun in the late 1950s. So I wasn't born then. Maybe some of you were. So she becomes a Catholic nun because she wants to devote, she feels a call from God to devote her life to Christ and to sharing Christ in the world. So for a couple of years, she worked in the United States. She worked in Chicago and in Phoenix alongside folks who were in need and then in 1966, she received a call to go to the Amazon rainforest in Brazil. Anybody been to the Amazon rainforest of Brazil before? So it's like hot and sweaty and all this sort of thing. And what she's going to do while she's there, yeah, she's going she's gonna to read the Bible, right? She's going to pray. She's going to do all those things. But she's, her, her big task alongside of that was to, to work with local farmers people living in poverty to help preserve their farmland, to preserve the rainforest. So when she got there in 1966, it was kind of like, okay, this is, a, this is a cool idea, right? And so she began to minister to these folks, to preach the gospel to them, and, and then to work alongside them to, to have sustainable agriculture and to, to promote their farmland being well. And for years she did this. And so, so over the years, what was happening was there were, there were folks in that area, believe it or not, who didn't want to save the rainforest, who didn't want to help uh, farmers who were in poverty. They wanted to hoard resources for themselves. So Dorothy began to stand up to those people and say, hey, this isn't the way that we're called to go. This isn't how we're called to live. One day in 2005, she was standing alongside some of her fellow farmers and two guys came and, and asked her to get off of their land. Well, it wasn't their land. It was the farmer's land, right? But the, these guys were predators. They, they wanted to take over the space. And Dorothy said, no, we're good. 
we're going we're gonna to chill here. I'm sure just like that too, right? Um, and so these two guys pull out guns. And in the face of violence, in the face of death, Dorothy Strang, or Dorothy Sting, excuse me, begins to read from Matthew chapter 5. She says, blessed are those who hunger for justice, for theirs will be the kingdom of God. And those were her last words that she spoke. After Dorothy's death, the, the chief leader of Brazil came to this rainforest and saw the work that Dorothy was doing. She saw the, he saw the impact that Dorothy had on these people's lives, the way that she loved the gospel, the way that she loved God, and the way that she loved these people and sought justice for them. And he declared that in her honor, over 20,000 acres of rainforest would be protected from there on out. 20,000 acres. Imagine the kind of vegetation that grows in that space. Imagine the way that life is sustained in that place, and not just sustained, but thrives in that place. And it was all because one person had love and had justice and saw that they were not enemies and that they were not opponents, that they were not meant to be lived apart from each other, but they were meant to be lived out together. All weekend long, our students from the Roanoke District have heard this line, from this coach of a football team. And it's been true about humility, and it's been true about mercy, and it's true about justice. What it is is that let the light inside of you shine brighter than the light that shines on you. My friends, God's invitation to us is not to just say, okay, like, well, we just got to do a bunch of really good deeds we do all these really, really good things, then we'll just be great and we'll be gravy and everybody's going to be happy and all snuggles. And God's invitation isn't like, okay, go lock yourself in your room at home and read your Bible and pray and don't ever come out until you've done it all. God's invitation is to say, hey, I'd love for you to walk alongside me. I'd love for you to, to be a person who is a person of love and a person of justice who brings that together. I'd love for the light to shine brighter, for lives to be changed, for love to be real, because of the life that you live and the life that has been lived for you. Thanks be to God. Amen.